Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to our show tonight, Polygamy, What Love Is This? I'm your host, Doris Hansen, and we hope you enjoy the show we have planned for you tonight. You know, we've been doing this show for almost five years, and we have yet to find the answer to the question that we ask at the beginning of each show, Polygamy, What Love Is This? And before we get started on the rest of the show, we have one announcement that we need to make, and that is at the Capstone Conference this year, will be in a couple of weeks. It will be held April 12th and the 13th. Uh, that's a Friday and a Saturday at Calvary Chapel. The address is 460 West Century Drive, which is 4350 South in Salt Lake City. And for more information, you can call 801-264-9999 or go to their website, capstoneconference.com. <clears throat> and the purpose of this conference is to equip Christians to better minister to uh, the culture that we live in. And our ministry, we have been asked to give a presentation on Saturday afternoon at the conference on the 13th about the women and their husbands uh, where the woman was already married to a legal husband that, and, that Joseph Smith took her as a plural wife. There are 11 married couples that are affected with this where each of the women uh, of the women had a plural husband, and then one of them, of course, the other plural husband was the proud polygamist prophet Joseph Smith. So join us at the conference. We think that you'll thoroughly enjoy it. We have as our guests tonight a husband and wife team who were members of the All Red Polygamy Group, which is also known as the AUB, and they eventually left the polygamy group and they joined the Mormon Church, thinking that they found the truth. Later, however, they realized that they weren't being taught the truth there either, and their struggle to find peace and truth eventually took them out of Mormonism and into true Christianity. And they finally discovered what Jesus meant when he said in John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, quote, If you hold to my teachings, you really are my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So I'd like to introduce our guests tonight who are free in Jesus. They are living examples of those who exchange the bondage of a religion and religious groups for freedom in Jesus Christ. I'd like to introduce and welcome our guests, Brian and Andrea Daly. Thank you, Doris. Thank you. Thank you. You know, a couple of weeks ago we had a couple on our show. It's very, very rare we have a husband and wife on our show. So congratulations for having the courage to come out, and thank you so much for coming and joining us. Thank you. It's actually a privilege for Brian and I to be able to share our story because we hear it's pretty unique. It is. It to is. to it leave is. one religion and join another and then leave again. And when you find the truth. And God takes us on different journeys, and it's more precious when you find the truth, isn't it? When you've got to compare it to. Well, 
Let's first of all, let's talk about um, both of you were raised in the All Red group, but you, your family joined it when you were like eight years old and you were raised in it. Why don't you tell our um, viewers just a little bit uh, how you, how, what your home life was like until, say, the time that you met each other. What it was like living in a polygamy group and in a home with, uh, with a polygamist family. My earliest memories were, uh, uh, we left, we lived about three or four blocks from the LDS church, and uh, I just remember scout activities and, and going over there and eating the treats after or whatever. Uh, at eight years old, I was baptized into the LDS church. Oh. And then two weeks later, we were in the All Red group, and so it was kind of wow. really quick. Your, your family joined the All Red group? Right after you got baptized two into weeks, the church. Two wow. Weeks. And so, um, you know, interesting to note, I had no records after I joined the LDS church at age 30. And so I, I don't know if the bishop got upset and just kind of ripped the papers <laughs> and got rid of them or whatever, but hmm. uh, there was no record. Hmm. So, um, so did, did you know, at eight years old, did you know that there was this change that was made in, in your religious affiliation? Um, or could you, were you too young to even understand what had happened? I, I think that my father just said, well, uh, you know, the church is still the church, but uh, this, I, I remember the word, this is an appendage. We're an appendage to the church. They're giving up principles. That I, I remember in conversations that coming up. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I grew up thinking that uh, the All Red Group was the priesthood uh -huh. and the church was the mother uh -huh. uh, and so a lot of people that i grew up with kind of you know they accepted the church they they had a foot in the church and a foot in the group hmm. per se interesting and the church was the mother and the, and the group was the father of the kingdom so what about your parents did they live polygamy uh they did they, they did, did. Yeah. uh i i that was interesting i uh i remember uh, three mothers with three brooms sweeping <laughs> in the kitchen, and oh they would sweep the by time. each other and like nip each other with the broom. And I'm like, oh, this isn't good, and oh. it's not getting cleaned, obviously. So, oh my, uh, it it was just it was kind of different, uh -huh. uh, you know, when you when you saw uh, more than one mother in mm -hmm. the kitchen, you thought, okay, this is trouble. Uh, it's not the dinner's not going to get cooked very fast, and uh, obviously, it's not getting cleaned, and it, it was just, it was awkward. Did it you have awkward. a happy childhood, would you say? Or you was know, it kind of confusing? I, it was confusing. I, I had an, a happy childhood. I, I spent a lot of time outdoors. Uh -huh. uh, it was not so much electronics. It was sticks and and trees and, and mm -hmm. picking apples and things like that. Uh, you know, there were good times, but... There was a lot of stress mm -hmm. uh, with the parents. Mm -hmm. You know, my father had quite a few heart attacks, mm -hmm. and so it was it was stressful. Yeah, it yeah. was definitely stressful. Well, Andrea, what about your childhood? You were raised, born and raised mm -hmm. in, yeah, in I the was group, right? Born and raised. Um, my mother was the ninth wife wow. of a family of twelve women, twelve wives, twelve wives. Wow. Yeah, and as far as I am aware, I did the count a few days ago, and it's. 48 children, so I have 48 siblings. My goodness. And then my mother, my father left when I was about three years old. And before he left, it was it was a happy, carefree childhood. 
and I enjoyed outdoor play, I just memories, we had our own home. And then my father left, and my mother remarried really quickly into another family. She was the third wife. Mm. Eventually he had four wives, and there were 19 children there. Wow. And that wasn't, my childhood kind of stopped there. I was forced to grow up, mm -hmm. I'm forced to reality. I, I don't have a fond childhood. Do you want to talk about the abuse that, that you went through? If you don't want to, that's fine. Yeah, there, just... the abuse was, it started not really soon after we moved into this home. Mm -hmm. We had um, a home with three families in it, and my mother was forced to go and work. So she wasn't around a lot, and I felt really, really abandoned when she left. Mm -hmm. But we were staying with the other, you know, the older boys would watch us and the mothers would do their thing and mm. and it started not long before I was four years old. You were three years old? I was three years old when the abuse started, sexual abuse. And my my childhood is very vague. Mm -hmm. it, it, there's a lot of things I just shut you out. Probably, you just probably decided not to, to remember them. To remember, them. yes, yeah. yes. Um, I did go to some therapy for it a little bit, and it kind of brought up some memories, and she told me to start a blog mm -hmm. and to try to work through and try to get the memories opened up and out. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it helped, yeah. but it didn't help heal. Yeah. It just helped me remember. Was, was there abuse in your home of any kind? Uh, my my father, uh, he would, you know, there would be a lay on the floor. If you did something bad, lay on the floor, and he'd spank us with a belt. Uh, his father used to spank him with a belt. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really wasn't aware of any other abuses. I, I think I got hints of other abuses, but I, yeah. I wasn't involved, and I, I didn't really know about it. I like to ask that question of, of all of our guests who come out of polygamy groups because we want our viewers to know that abuse does take place in polygamy groups and and it it, it isn't just to you know to to try and, and and make a big deal out of it, just that it is going on and, and there's too many people who say, um, well, there's abuse in monogamous too. I mean don't pick on polygamous. Uh, but do two wrongs make a right? No, they you don't. know, do, does one wrong justify another one and we do need to, to let everyone know that abuse is taking place and some of it like in your case from the when the time you were three years old you mm -hmm. were sexually abused yes three for years how old. many years eight years eight years mm -hmm. that that is um there's no justification whatsoever no. no matter whatever no one one sin doesn't take the place of another so so let's tell let's go to um you met when you met. Tell us how you met, when you met, and how long before you got married. And uh, did you did, were you was your marriage arranged or was it your own love story? It was a love story. <laughs> our, ours, thankfully, the AUB they for the most part do not believe in arranged marriages. Praise That's God. Good, yes. Yeah. And <laughs> and we met when I was fourteen. Um, with the abuse that I went through growing up, I didn't have a lot of respect for myself, so I was getting into trouble. And he jumped into my life just mm. when I needed him. Jumped oh, awesome. In and, and how old were you? Whew. Uh, let's see. She was 14, so I was 22. 22? Mm -hmm. And uh, we were going to choirs together. Um, well, I met her at a choir, and she did not look like 14. And <laughs> so 
I, I was getting to be friends with her, and uh, we went to a little talent show, and and you know I wasn't taking her. She was she would show up, and I would show up, and and uh, I found out how old she was, and I ran away. <laughs> I went to California to work. <laughs> but you couldn't and, get her out of your mind, right? <laughs> um, no, I was. <laughs> I called him oh, in yeah. California. I was very very brazen 14 year old <laughs> oh my yeah, well so. you look at what you'd gone through mm -hmm. already yeah my goodness yeah that's so, but I you know I I thought well no other girls I was very short growing up uh, so I did not look my age she looked she looked 18 and I probably looked 16 hmm. at, you know at age 22 mm -hmm. I, I wasn't shaving or anything yet and I think uh, in my sophomore year in high school I was four foot seven and got my driver's license at five foot two, and so I prayed for every inch that I got. You know, I, but, uh, did you ever practice plural marriage yourself, or were you were you ever uh, you know kind of pressured to, or did you look for another wife ever? Pressured, I did not. You know, if you can't be a good example, be a good warning. I saw what my father mm -hmm. went through. And, of course, I was 15 when the, the family just went supernova. You know, it just, uh, they broke up. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I told Andrea on our wedding day, I said, what I want, I want forever. You know, and they, they teach families are forever and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, families are forever, but... Not the way they teach the it. The family of Christ is forever. And, yeah. you know, we get the upgrade. That's awesome. Yes. Uh, but I, I, on our wedding day, I said, I love you and everything, but if you're, in, if you're not in this forever, let's not do this. I don't, I don't want what my father went mm -hmm. through. And I had a horrible example myself. Yeah. So what yeah. we wanted, we wanted forever. Mm -hmm. And we needed to make sure if we did, we would get the right woman. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it never mm -hmm. happened, praise God. Yeah, yeah. Good. good. Pressured into it. Uh, yes, constantly. Uh, you know, when are you going to get another wife? You got to have three wives to to enter the celestial kingdom, which is the higher. Yeah. You know. And I, did they have any girls in mind for you? Um, they didn't. It was my job Your to look. Responsibility. But what I wanted, I wanted forever, and so I looked the group over from Montana to Cedar City, and you know. Utah County, Salt Lake County, everybody in, in the All Red group. And I'd pray about each prospective second wife. And I said, God, please help me to know what I need to do. Well, you can imagine what happened there. <laughs> I finally turned to Andrea and I says, you know what, I'm done. God she, doesn't want me to. <laughs> if she's out there, you're going to find her because I'm done. He, he <laughs> you know, put I'm it done. on my shoulders then. He put it on you to find his other wife. So, well, that took care of that, didn't it? Yep. <laughs> That's I, good. I asked her today if she ever looked and she said, eh, no, not really. No, no, of course not. Of course so, not. So how deeply did you get involved in the doctrinal uh, teachings of the AUB? You, didn't you say you were a teacher at I, some point? I, I taught uh, the deacons for 12 years and, you know, home teaching and all that, all that kind of thing. And they would come to me and, and ask me to teach on a certain subject. And if I wasn't comfortable with the subject or if I didn't know what the subject was, I wasn't familiar with it, I would just put it on my shelf. Mm -hmm. And I put a lot of things on my shelf. It got pretty heavy. And 
I really only taught out of the four standard words, the Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants, Pearl of Great Price, and Bible. But I saw differences. I, I just, you know, Second Nephi said, we teach it unto our children after all we can do, then we are saved by grace. And the Bible said, not even your works. Right. Your works are the filthy rags. And I'm like, they both can't be right. There's the, the verse so, there that, that you were yeah, talking about. Yeah, exactly. And they both can't be right. No. They, no. they both can't be right. And so I would take that and I would put it on the shelf. And every time I saw contradictions, I would put it on a shelf. And uh, it, so, so you were teaching, so you actually were teaching the deacons through these four standard works. Yes. Um, I, I want to ask you both this question. I've talked to a lot of people from the AUB who have known nothing of blood atonement, uh, either past or present teaching. And I've talked to people from the AUB who have known about it, and even some who've said that they have known of it taking place. Have either one of, did you ever teach it or were you taught it? Did you ever know about it? I, I didn't teach it, but uh, in some of the, I, I guess I got a prayer meeting, they would, well, not in a prayer meeting, I guess their endowment, uh, they had it in the endowment, and you're like, okay, that's huh. a little different. Yeah, but. was that the... Um the the vow that you had made yeah yeah okay. yeah and so you just, it, it was a little unnerving for sure what about you sure. no you I was it? never taught it never, never heard, heard it? of it never taught it and yeah my husband just brought up it was in the endowment and I'm like yeah. were you shocked yeah well going through the endowment for the first time you're getting married yeah yeah <laughs> you're not taking it all in you're not focusing on any of that you're just getting married it disturbed me yes but i didn't think on it you too didn't much think it's not until we that. left left the aub to join mormonism that yeah. i was like what? wow yeah wow yeah and i didn't know much about it either until long after i was away from the polygamy group and it shocked me that, that that was ever taught in early Mormonism and still taught in the polygamy groups today. Yeah. Still taught. Still a, a doctrine that mm -hmm. they believe in. As a male teacher, uh, were you taught by the leadership that women were to be subservient and that they were lesser of value than, than women? Um, it, it wasn't necessarily taught, but it was implied. Um, I, I heard people, uh, I, I would hear husbands tell their wives, you know, if, you, if you're not good, or if you, if you don't mind me, I'm not going to, to call you forth from the grave. Mm. And I was like, wow, you know, that's, that's ugly, isn't that's it? kind of harsh there. Yeah. And so uh, it, it was, I mean, you would see all types. You would see husbands that just absolutely took care of their wives. They did the, abs they did the best they could. And then you'd see the other side of the spectrum where mm -hmm. they just treated them like chattel, yeah. you know. And so uh, it was an individual thing, really. But it was it was always implied. Mm -hmm. it, it was always implied that the husband was uh, king mm -hmm. of his home. Uh, you know, in the Bible, it, it you know the wife is to submit to her husband. Mm -hmm. But if they read a little further. But the husband is to give himself for the wife as, as Christ did for right. the church. Boy, we got a bigger job. That, that's the biggest servant, <laughs> isn't it? That, that's the real yeah. servant. Yeah, and so right. I'm, yeah. 
Yeah. It's like she's got an easy job. I, I've really got to step up because it's, you see what the Christ did. Responsibility. Yeah. Yes, I, Andrea, did you did you ever feel like that you were required to be subservient or that you were lesser value than the males in the group? Brian never treated me that way. What about when you were growing up in your house? How was that? Uh, that's a whole nother can of worms. Yeah. <laughs> Being growing up in uh, an area where I was wasn't his daughter. He didn't even adopt us as his children. We were put down quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I would watch all the other kids in the family get brand new clothes for school, brand new, you know, everything that they needed. And here I was going to DI, getting mm -hmm. the used, used up. Things. So it was more the family the rather than the fact that you were female. Yes, the yes, it was a family female. thing. I mean, it wasn't I understand that. really a female thing. Would you say that the polygamists teach true Mormon history? They that you know that's one thing about polygamy is they don't whitewash their history. Mm -mm. Like mainstream church, they they kind of tuck things underneath the carpet. Mm -hmm. They remove links off of their web page yeah. if it's creating. Uh, Polygamous group take history for face value. Right. They really do. And so we knew church history uh, when we joined the church. And then we would ask questions. And they're like, well, that's well, not really the All of a sudden, really history's case. changed huh, from yeah, the polygamy group to the church. Yeah. Exactly. And so you have more things you're putting on your shelf. <laughs> yeah. But Joseph Smith had many wives, so this is just Emma thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just changes in the endowment and all of these different things. You're like, okay, it doesn't make sense to me now, but I won't question it. I did question it. So was it shocking when you left the polygamy group and joined the Mormon church to find out that there were so many things uh, like you just talked about that, that they were just tossing out or like you say, shoved under the rug? Did that shock you that they were doing that? I mean, that changes you, our history. Yeah. 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 They're, 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 they're changing the history of our families when they do that because mm -hmm. our history is polygamy. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. And they're changing it. Yes, it is. You know, for starters, uh, you've got a certain euphoria. You're like, oh, we've, we've finally found the true church. And so it, it really doesn't, come to the forefront and, and you don't really notice it but as you're as you're clicking along and, and you're reading things and you're going well, wait a second that's changed and this has changed and and then you start to ask your bishop and your stake president well, what's going on with this and what's going on with that and that well we don't know but we'll find out uh, or get don't go there mm -hmm. they don't tell you don't there. go yeah. there that's it's for another time something will be revealed it kind of makes that shelf of yours that you've been stacking on getting heavier and heavier and mm -hmm. heavier. Yeah, I, I questioned that for four years, and my stake president finally had it with me. Oh, yeah, what happened? He said, if you continue down this road, you will... Let me get the wording right. <laughs> if you pursue this course, you will be filled with the spirit of the devil and fall away from the restoration. That pretty much meant to me, if I ask any more questions about this, you will leave the LDS church. Wow. I didn't want to leave the LDS church, not if it was going to break up my family, uh -huh. not if we, we couldn't be a forever family. Yeah. So I yeah. stopped questioning everything. We would have all these history stuff come Must up. Must have drove you nuts. It did drive me nuts. I just kept putting everything on the shelf. Wow. So both of your shelves were getting pretty heavy. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting pretty heavy. Okay. Well, you know, what the, the polygamy group, uh, according to what Jesus said, they, they do have a foundation that they hang on to, don't you think? But, but it's going to crash because he said that anything that's not built on truth is going to mm-hmm. crash. But the Mormon church, what they're doing is they're ripping their foundation right out from underneath themselves because they're denying and they, and they tell people, don't go back that far. We're changing. We're, we're, we're you know, we're getting modernized modern and, and modern revelation. So what they're doing is they're, they're going to crash too because they're not going to have a foundation to stand on. Yep, they're not. Yep, they're not That's going it. to. They're taking rid of, they're, they're getting rid of everything that they're standing on. They're getting rid of mm-hmm. it. That's right. Okay, uh, well, so what happened then? You decided to leave the polygamy group and join the... Why did you do that? And how long were you in the Mormon church before you decided you weren't getting the truth there either? Well, Mm. 22 years in the polygamous group for me and baptized into the Mormon church at at 30. uh, In the Mormon church for 12 years. Wow. And uh, it... Just clicking along, being the best Mormon I could be, you know, accepting callings, paying tithing, keeping a current temple recommend, just doing everything possible to make it, to you know, make a difference in my family's lives, in my life. Uh, got presented with a, a scripture that I had read before. And it was on my shelf because I didn't know where to. I didn't know where to put it in the puzzle. Yeah. It, w- it was Jeremiah uh, seventeen nine. Seventeen nine. That we have to put that on the screen. Do you want to read that to our viewers? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So what did that do to you? Why did that bother I, you? The person that was witnessing to me was, was trying to tell me and and basically begging. Look and see, you know, see things for how they are. I mean, I was spilling out all of these testimonies that I had, mm-hmm. and they were real. I had them. I had burning of the bosoms of Joseph Smith, the Book of Mormon, all these things. And that person hit me with that, and it just stopped me dead. I mean, I couldn't argue anymore, and it just it hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm. Because I know I had read it, and you know, God ha- has His timing, mm-hmm. and I was a bowling pin. Mm, and He knocked you down with that. Bam! I, he knocked me down with that, and it just it hit me with a ton of bricks, and I and I had to look at it. Uh, you know, it just goes right back to where people want to get better before they come to Christ, but you can't get better. He died for the ungodly. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. you can't admit you're ungodly, He didn't die for you, because no. He died for the sinner, the ungodly. Yeah. Not for the good work, righteous, self-righteous person. Yeah. So did that did that scripture affect you the same way? Oh yes, it did. Yes, I was I was in the same room when we were getting witness to, and it. You mean I can't trust my heart? Every <laughs> single Mormon testimony I had had to do with had to do feelings. with feelings, and so I took all of them. Every single one of my Mormon testimony says, "Okay, let's test it." Uh-huh. <laughs> if I danger ahead danger, there. But first I had to find out if I get um, the Bible, if the Bible was true or not. Yeah. That was a really hard one. Take the article of eight faith glasses off mm-hmm. and look at the Bible for what it is. And yeah, every single question I ever had, every question I asked my stake president, my bishop, 
everything I ever had on my shelf, I picked up and looked at. Mm -hmm. says, true or no? Not true. Mm -hmm. Is it biblical? Yeah, that's a good test. Mm -hmm. That's a good test. That did it for me too. When I d realized I could trust the Bible, and that was early on in my journey, mm -hmm. that I realized that God promised He would preserve it, and He did. He did. And mm -hmm. once I knew that, there was no problem in getting, uh, you know, all my tests, testing doctrines done because the Bible's clear about them all. Okay, um, we are um, at the. 8.30 mark where we need to open up our telephone lines. We still have more to talk about. We can talk about them after the phone lines, but we're going to open our phone lines now and invite our viewers to call in, ask our guests any questions or make some comments, uh, or you can ask me some questions too if you'd like. Uh, our phone number is 801-973-TV20, 801-973-8820, and we have a short message to share with you about our ministry. You are watching Polygamy, What Love Is This? Broadcasting live from Salt Lake City, Utah. This program is the broadcast outreach of A Shield and Refuge Ministry. Shield and Refuge is a point of first contact for Mormon fundamentalists who question the doctrines of the religion or who are actively seeking for an opportunity to escape the polygamist lifestyle. Examining the claims of fundamentalist doctrine against the backdrop of biblical truth is central to our efforts. We invite you to contact us. Call toll-free at 877-425-9993 or email us at tv at aboutpolygamy.com. We want you to know that we have made available to you some outstanding resources free of charge. You will find them at our website, www.whatloveisthis.tv. There you will find the DVD, Lifting the Veil of Polygamy, which documents the real-life stories told firsthand of those who were lifted out of the culture of polygamy through the power and love of Jesus Christ. Also, free of charge to you, is the booklet, Is Polygamy Biblical? It explores plural marriage in the context of God's Word and answers questions like, Did God ever command polygamy? Is it part of God's plan? While you are at our website, Make sure to take advantage of the archived episodes of this program, which can stream on demand directly to your computer. There are more than 100 shows to choose from. And if someone you know is unable to view this program via live broadcast, recommend that they visit this same website every Thursday at 8 p.m. Mountain Time to watch this show through live streaming video. Simply follow the links to the live streaming video page. If you are watching live tonight, we invite you to call us as we open our phone lines. The number is 801-973-TV20. That's 801-973-8820. Now, back to Polygamy, What Love Is This? with our host, Doris Hansen. Welcome back to our show, Polygamy, What Love Is This? Uh, we have been talking with Brian and Andrea Daly. They are former members of the AUB, which is the All Red Polygamy Group, former members of the LDS Church, decided and found out by doing their own personal study that the truth wasn't in either one of those places, and they wanted the truth, and they found it in biblical Christianity. Uh, our phone lines are open. You can give us a call, 801-973-TV20. We would love to hear from you. Um, you were talking about there's only one testimony, right, now? What, say what uh, what you want to say about that. I, I was a, a born-again born polygamist. Uh-huh. I, 
I found my savior at age 19. I was in the polygamy group until 30. Now, when I became Christian, I wanted to make sure. Yes. And so every time they had an altar call, I got up. <laughs> I mean, four times, I wanted to make sure mm -hmm. that I had the right Jesus. Uh, but I know I did. All, uh, since 19, I, I knew who my Savior was. Wow. And the way that came about was, <laughs> bless their hearts, Sunday school, they were reading out of the Bible, the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, and what was strange is they didn't mix the Book of Mormon in there at all. Oh. Not that I remember. Mm -hmm. And so they said, read the material. And so I read the material. And, and I read about the life of Jesus, and I, I, you know, just what an amazing God. Amen. <laughs> and I remember making a, a delivery uh, one morning uh, to Park City. I was coming up Parley's Canyon, 19 years old. Uh, it's not cool to cry. I, I'm a tough 19-year-old. I've arrived. I'm an adult now, uh, but I was thinking about my Savior, you know, all week, for the past couple of weeks, reading about Him. And I said out loud, I was the only one in the, 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 the vehicle, I said, Jesus, out of the millions and billions of people that have lived on this earth, and the millions and billions of people that now do live on this earth, and the millions and billions of people that quite possibly could live on this earth, do you even know me? Hmm. And it's like he gave wow. me a hug. I, you know, I work construction, I mess up my fingers, get a big sliver, cut my thumb with a skill saw, I didn't cry. I started bawling because the joy that I felt from, wow. from him I, I mean, I probably couldn't contain it if he, he really oh, showed yeah, me we how. Couldn't. We couldn't contain it. But I talk about driving under the influence. I had to pull <laughs> over. And I knew then, I knew then that if he would have died just for me, if I was the only one mm -hmm. that accepted him, he would have done it just for me. He would have done me. it just for you. That's and right. And I know that he does it for each and every one of us. Mm -hmm. It's a personal and, salvation. It's a personal savior. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. when my beautiful LDS home came crashing down, my, my religious building mm -hmm. that I had built of all my works came crashing down. My foundation that I didn't build on was still there. Jesus, the foundation. Uh, I would have been an atheist otherwise, probably for a, at least a little while. Mm -hmm. uh, it, was, it was tough. You know, you're taught all your life that, you're a child of, of God. Mm -hmm. You're not. You're a creation. Right. Absolutely. You're he, right. He, he gives us the power to become the children of God. At salvation. And, At salvation. Uh, that's right. That's, that's very powerful. Um, and, of course, the first couple of years after I became a Christian, that's all I did was cry, too. Because it was just, mm. not because I was sad, because it was just joy in my heart that mm -hmm. I finally found the truth yep. of, yeah. uh, compared to what I'd been taught. Okay, we have um, an off-the-air question. Is blood atonement real or just symbolic? I don't know who's asking the question, uh, whether it's somebody from a polygamy group or the Mormon church or just a viewer who maybe is not familiar with Mormon doctrine. 
but it was not symbolic when Brigham Young uh, told the people that they needed to love their neighbor enough to kill them if they committed a sin that the blood of Jesus Christ wouldn't cover. And they did do it in the early Mormon days. So it was not symbolic at all. Blood atonement as a symbolism is ugly anyway, even as a symbolism. Okay, except for what Jesus did for us. That's totally different. Okay, line two in Brian in Bountiful. Hello, Brian. Hello. Um, I, I have two questions. I was wondering what you thought of a man and a woman that men, if their spouses died, what, um, what the difference is if they have those women or those men all together or, or separately in marriage. And another thing of those women is polygamy of sin. Well, it's very difficult to to understand your question. If a man and a woman are married, did you get it? If a man and a woman are married and one of them dies, I didn't. And you remarry, and you remarry, that's okay, right? If they remarry, oh, if they remarry another woman. Yeah, if they remarry here, it's okay to to get remarried. Yes, of course. Uh, what okay. the Bible the Bible says that the death nullifies. The marriage covenant, death completely nullifies it. So yeah, a man and a woman can get remarried, uh, but they don't, they're not married in heaven to anybody. Right, and then is polygamy a sin? What? Is polygamy a sin? Is polygamy a sin? Yes. Yes, absolutely. The Bible is very clear that a man and a woman make a marriage. One man and one woman make a marriage. First Corinthians 7, 2, each man is supposed to have his own wife, and each woman is supposed to have her own husband. And also in Titus and Timothy, um, uh, directions are given that to, that to serve in the Christian church, uh, in Christ's church, uh, you needed to be the husband of one wife. Okay, thank you for answering my question. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. Okay. Um, if the, uh, the, the phone lines are full right now, but the, I guess they're not ready to come on, so I'll answer, ask you a question. If the All Red group today were forced to give up the teachings and the behavior model of Joseph Smith or Brigham Young, which one would they choose to give up first? It would have to be Brigham Young. They would give Brigham Young up first? Yes. Hmm. Would you agree with that? I, I would agree. Why would they have to give him up first? Uh, well... In their mind, Joseph Smith was the, the prophet of the Restoration, and Brigham Young was kind of a loose cannon. Even, <laughs> even, even in Mormonism, the, he, he, uh, mainstream Mormonism, they always thought, okay, most Mormons believed that Brigham Young had more than one wife, but they didn't believe Joseph Smith did. Yeah, they knew Brigham Young was. So, would, uh, would, the, would the LDS Church allow either of those men to join if they came today to join their church? Heavens no. Not Neither chance. one of them wouldn't, they would not be allowed in. Would they be allowed to join the All Red group? Uh, probably. Probably, yes. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yes. Yeah. So. Okay. Were you taught about the other polygamy groups while you were growing up? Did you know there were other polygamy groups? I knew there were because of the different dress standard that they had. The All Red group, you just wore clothes. Uh -huh. You didn't have to wear the dress standard and do your hair a certain way. Did you know anything about the other groups? I didn't. You just My mother never taught me. Yeah. Would have been the same with you? Yeah, yeah. the same. I mean, uh, I visited Colorado City a few times, but uh, you know, never really learned any different. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were together 
at one time and, and split, in, like I think in the the nineteen twenties or nineteen thirties. Yeah, early on in the century, yeah. mm -hmm. they so, did split. They all yeah. think that they have the keys, and when somebody else wants the keys, then they split. And, and they split. Yeah. All of a sudden, they get the keys. <laughs> okay, Bruce calling in Syracuse. Hello, Bruce. Hello. Yes, you're on the air, Bruce. What's your question or comment? Oh, okay. I uh, <clears throat> I'm a second time caller, and uh, really appreciate your uh, program. But uh, I'm uh, I left the LDS Church 25 years ago, and uh, I'm talking to an LDS gentleman because I allow the home teachers to come over so we can discuss things. Mm. And my question is, with their experience, have they ever heard anything about? Emma Smith ever giving permission to Joseph Smith to practice polygamy? I I don't know of any. Permission. My understanding is that she never gave permission. In In Sacred Loneliness, uh, a book by Todd Compton that chronicles uh, and 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 a very very good book for uh, Joseph Smith's polygamy. I believe it was the Partridge Sisters that um, he married two sets of sisters, the Lawrence sisters, but I think it was the Partridge sisters, where she agreed to let him marry a, a, a polygamist wife if she could pick the, the wives. And so she picked the sisters, and Joseph Smith married, um, and he had already married them. She didn't know it. So that he had another fake marriage. And Emma was, saw him philandering with her in the hallway one night or something and it drew her drove her crazy so she kicked him out of the house and that's the only permission that I know of that she even kind of gave that he could have okay so there was one time that she gave permission then mm -hmm. yeah she didn't she didn't even know about the other wives she I think she kind of suspected several of them but she didn't she most of them she had not a clue that he was married to them oh okay so in other words she I'm, I'm a little bit hard of hearing, so she did or did not give permission to Joseph Smith to practice polygamy? Uh, other than those, other than the, the sisters, the Partridge sisters, to my knowledge, I, I don't recall that she did give permission okay. for All any right. of the other marriages. Okay, well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. Did you know when you were growing up that Joseph Smith was a polygamist? Oh, yes. Did you know how many wives he had? Didn't know how many didn't wives. Didn't know how many wives. Did you? Did, did 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 they ever say? I mean, did you ever dream in your mind? Well, maybe it was two wives or ten wives, or did I, you have a clue? I thought it was around twelve. You know, being a quorum, they. <laughs> I, I, you know, you, you you don't really research it. Yeah. You you just heard that he he had more than one wife, and and that was. Well, they they teach that Jesus had more than one wife. Yeah. They teach Jesus was married. That's right. And we figure, you know. He did what we're supposed to be doing, so we follow his example, uh -huh. even though yeah. it doesn't say anything about it in yeah. any scriptures. That's right. Did you know that in, in Joseph Smith's wives that he married 11 women that were married to living husbands? Did I you did. know about that? I did know did that, that he bother married. You? Yes, that, that is one thing that really bothered me. It was almost like, here's a green card. You have a pass because you're the prophet, so you can do whatever you want to do. And that really, really bothered me. Did you ever ask anybody about it? And what kind of an answer did you get? Um, or did you even ask? I asked my mother one time, and she said, well, that was his calling. He was a prophet. That's what he was supposed to be doing. And the Lord must have revealed it to him that that's what he had to do. Okay. <laughs> so it's amazing how they can um, twist, justify their, their, the sinfulness of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. 
You said that you were uh, studying and looking through the LDS archives at one point, and you were challenged by the people there. What are you doing? What am I doing? Oh, <laughs> I was getting into people's journals because <laughs> I had to look at the eight-hour meeting when we were leaving polygamy. Uh -huh. I had to see if the, meet, the men were at the eight-hour meeting, if they were there, where were they? You know, mm -hmm. so I opened up journals, reading things at certain dates, saying they were here. They weren't at the eight-hour meeting. They were counties away. Mm. And so I started asking about John Taylor's journal. And they were like, mm, what are you looking for? Oh. <laughs> and then I told them that we were coming out of polygamy and I was looking to see on certain dates and they were more than happy to care here right here right here help me out where wow. before if I'm pretty sure if I would have said I'm looking into your history they wouldn't have let you they do wouldn't it. have let me do it but you're checking out on the polygamy and so they let you do that mm -hmm. and I mm -hmm. ran across another um, little interesting tidbit um, the polygamy people the whole eight-hour meeting, they, they say that Joseph Smith was there to lay his hands upon John Taylor's head to keep, you know, polygamy alive. The resurrected. The resurrected mm -hmm. Joseph Smith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And was it 1920, I believe? Mm, 1928. They exhumed Joseph's body. And he was still there. <laughs> they, it was still there. They had <laughs> photographs. They had testimonies of it all of this in the archives and I was like I was in tears because I hadn't left by that time mm -hmm. but I was getting ready to and I was like it is all a lie yeah my whole entire life is a lie and you know the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is the first person to be resurrected mm -hmm. and anybody resurrected after that will be in their turn which will not be until he comes back yeah. So we know nobody else has been resurrected. Mm -hmm. Joseph yeah. Smith, ha or no one has been resurrected but Jesus alone. Jesus alone. Now, he brought some people back from the dead, but they died again. Yeah. Resurrected means you don't die mm -hmm. again. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, you know, when you know the Bible, you know that those things can't be true when they tell you those, yep. those kinds of things. Yep. And that's part of the problem is that uh, they don't teach the Bible and they don't recommend. And if, you do, if they do, then... It's their interpretation, isn't it? You have to take mm -hmm. yeah, it's exactly. their interpretation of the whole thing. Yeah, uh, you know, you've got if you've got a, a religion that teaches the Bible is not translated correctly, uh, what part of the Bible can you trust? Right. You know, and I would read the Bible, and I would I would wonder what what can I take from this? Mm -hmm. And so, ironically, uh, after Jeremiah seventeen. I was listening to the Bible, and I was driving up Parley's Canyon. <laughs> God has a sense of humor, and He just, I knew the Bible could be trusted, mm -hmm. and I knew that it was His Word. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what He did to The me. shelf yep. just yep. Crashing fell down. down, and everything made sense. Mm -hmm. I, I used to always wonder, you know, they would say, the gospel is so easy a child can understand it. But you look at Mormonism and it's so convoluted. Yes. And yes. it's confusing. I guess I'm not a child. I'm, I must have lost my childlike attributes yeah. long ago because this isn't <laughs> well, making Jesus any sense. Jesus said you have to come to him like a child or, you, or you're not mm -hmm. worthy of him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's exactly so, right. Okay, we have 
Uh, line two, Earl calling from Carbon County. Hello, Earl. Yes, ma'am. Could I ask you three short questions, ma'am, on, on the polygamous, ma'am? Sure. Uh, first, in the Book of Mormon, it says, the word of the Lord will be taught to the white and the black. Now, is there, was the polygamous colony uh, prejudiced against black like the LDS Church was for over 100 years? And secondly, uh, 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 where I used to live, uh, they would go to church at all the good moments, and they would have a rifle in the back of their pickups, and then they'd go to church and worship and say that they believe the Lord is their Savior, but they got to have the right, uh, they got to have their guns to be sure to protect them. Now, do the polygamists, do they believe in uh, uh, guns like they're fighting over now? And the third question I would like to ask you, uh, now I'm a former member of the Mormon Church. I moved to Carbon County and I joined the Catholic Church when I heard Pope John Paul II talk as a priest until the prophet could speak in more than one language. I don't agree with everything that they do or say, but do you, uh, do you recall, uh, did the polygamist claim that, uh, uh, like the LDS Church used to? Now they deny it that the Catholic Church was the great abominable church found mentioned in the Book of Mormon. That is my three questions. I want to hear you on the radio. And I tell you, ma'am, you keep up the wonderful work that you're doing. You're opening the eyes of all the public and don't get discouraged when people try to cut you down because the Lord is with you. And I thank you very much. Thank you for calling. Okay, so we have three questions. Are the polygamists prejudiced? Do they carry guns? And are are the Catholic Church the great and abominable church? What were what were you talking? Polygamists taught? are prejudiced. They are very racist. They remain prejudiced even despite what the LDS Church has done. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, do they carry guns? I everybody carries guns. One thing that that I to protect I've themselves found. against people that'll come after them. And well. I, I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. The, yeah. One thing, you are... A lot of them do. You are rather... Uh, paranoid. Uh, paranoid, mm -hmm. that's the word. You're paranoid when you're in a polygamous group. I remember growing up and thinking the cops are coming after us. The, mm -hmm. You know, because you're... Yeah, we it, it's Watch against out. the law. And so you're always in hiding. You don't tell. Don't... Get too close to the neighbors. Very young you know, age kind of to lie for the Lord. That's right. We did mm -hmm. that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. And so it's... That's right. Uh, so so the, the prejudice... Now, the prejudice begins... Of course, we know that Brigham Young was extremely prejudiced, and so were some of the early ones. Yeah. But it started in the Book of Mormon, didn't it? Yeah. You, you guys read the Book of Mormon yeah. just like the rest of the polygamists do. Mm -hmm. And in the Book of Mormon, it says, if you are... Um, Wicked, you're, you'll have black skin, and if you turn righteous, your black skin will turn white. Doesn't it say yep. that? It does. Yeah, yeah it, it does. does. And the book of Abraham. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so uh, you, I, I tried not to be. Isn't it funny that God but, has to give a revelation <laughs> against himself? Uh, yeah. He changed his mind. Well, it, how does that mix with an unchanging God if he changes <laughs> his mind? It mm -hmm. was, it was confusing. Mm -hmm. It Very was confusing. Much. So. Very much. And the Great and Abominable Church, what were you taught the Great and Abominable Church was? The Catholic Church. So. Yeah, the Catholic Church, pretty so. much for the most yeah. part. But then if you really dive into the history, it's Christianity too, 
which doesn't really make sense because the Mormon church is trying to be like the Christian church They're now. They're claiming to be Christian now, uh -huh. yeah. 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 In the early days, they didn't want to be, even have anything to do with what Christianity was. And Christianity hasn't changed since then. No, it hasn't. And now all of a sudden they want to be like Christians. So there, again, there's that foundation. They're ripping the foundation out from under themselves. Yeah. Yep. So they have to fall with the great big crash. Why is Easter not a big thing to LDS people is an off-the-air question. It's an off-topic question, uh, but it's a simple answer uh, because um, they, they say, like, well, we want to focus on his life, not his death. However, the, when we do communion, it tells us in 1 Corinthians that we are supposed to celebrate his death until he comes. So if, you're, if you don't want to celebrate his death, then you're being totally disobedient to what Jesus said. And, and, and secondly, they believe that the atonement took place in the Garden of Gethsemane, not on the cross. And, um, and of course, he didn't die in the Garden of Gethsemane, he died on the cross. And so the resurrection is the most powerful message of Christianity. And naturally, they're not going to uh, focus on that. So yeah. it, add to that whatever you want to with the with the polygamy well, teachings, did you? Growing up, you would see a cross and, and you would be kind of offended by it. You know, that was mm -hmm. the murder weapon. And so you were offended by that. And, uh, you know, now the preaching of the cross to mm -hmm. those that are being saved, the power of God, mm -hmm. to those yes. that are... Preaching the cross is foolishness. Yes, foolishness. Mm -hmm. And so yes. it's... I, I, I look at that totally different. I, I've been saved since I was 19. Totally hoodwinked. Yeah. You know, I, I knew who God was. I would pray to Him, and I knew who my Savior was. What did you? What did it do to to you when you discovered that Jesus Christ was not Satan's brother, but is God Himself? What did that do to you? I. Were Were you? That made a lot more sense to me because I always thought, what rights does a brother have to adopt me? Isn't that a parent's job? brothers don't usually adopt siblings. Yeah, that's true. And I had a hard time with that one, just trying to put you know, Jesus Christ in the box of he's my brother. Mm -hmm. And when I found out he is not my brother, he is God. Yeah. It was just like, okay, now it all makes sense. <laughs> it, it made a lot of sense. To, and I was very excited to find out he was God. Mm -hmm. yeah. That God would die for us when, uh -huh. when we were told we had to die for him. And yet it was he who died for us. Yes. Right. It's pretty amazing. Well, we have a few seconds before uh, countdown here. Do you want to say something really quick to viewers maybe who are questioning polygamy that you would say very quickly? You know, <sighs> when I look in the Bible and all aspects of polygamy in the Bible, uh, bad example. Yes. Uh, the Bible shows what not to do when it comes to polygamy. It doesn't okay. show what to do. That's true. Uh, so we, we do need to, and thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming, and thanks for sharing your thoughts. You know, the longer that we do this show, the more people we interview and the more abuses and brainwashing we come across and the more determined we are to help root out the cursedness of polygamy. Polygamy cannot be from God because Jesus said a good root 
will produce good fruit. And what we're seeing as the results of polygamy is hideous, is abusive and illegal and coercive and destructive and injustices and lies and incest and more lies and corruption and more lies and male domination and more lies. The very fact that our state and our courts are sitting back with no concern for its citizens and for its young people who need protection and no effort whatsoever to bring justice is proof all by itself that men dominate over women and children in this state, whether it be in religion or politics. And we're proud to announce to every one of our viewers that God is not corrupt, that God does not show favoritism, that he cannot be bribed and that his concern is for the helpless and unprotected women and children. And we urge those who are in polygamy groups who are hurting and terrified to give us a call and let us help you deal with the ugliness and the fear that uh, is taking place in your life because of polygamy and polygamous. Polygamy begins and ends with their doctrine of fear and punishment and pain. But the Bible comforts us with the truth that God is love and there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. And that's where we got the title of our show, Polygamy. What love is this? It isn't love. It's based on fear, and it's based on prejudices. But God is love, and He drives out fear. So we urge you to forget their threats, and to scrap the fear, and ask Jesus to do what polygamy can never do, and that is to save you and to bless you. Thanks for watching. Good night. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.